You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. Hello everybody, welcome to PX 32.5 FM. This is the only wrestling podcast by wrestling fans who don't hate wrestling. My name is Darren Connor. You are listening to the Wrestling Rewind. And we are back after a little bit of a break because uh, I lost my voice. And how I lost my voice is actually the subject of today's show uh, because I went over to Impact TNA um, to watch their their return to the UK for the first time in, I think, about eight years. Um, they did a bunch of tapings over there. I was at the Glasgow show. So today we're going to be talking about that Glasgow show. And I'm also going to be talking about uh, Impact Turning Point 2023. But I'm not going to be doing it alone. I'm going to be doing it with... You know him, you love him, Mr. One and all, Mr. Martin Herty. How are things, Martin? Dara, it's so good to speak to you. I know it's only been like two or three weeks, but... but I literally you, lost my voice for two you weeks. You lost <laughs> your voice, I lost my heart. But Aww. listen, it's all good. It my is. my cup is full, my heart overfloweth, <laughs> and my bladder is empty. So I'm <laughs> ready for the podcast. But before we get to actually, as we get started, I'm going to step in here. And I'm going to overtake, just momentarily, it's only a, a momentary coup d'etat, I'm going to overtake hosting duties for a second. Absolutely. Because I, would, I, I don't want you in charge of this conversation, I want you to respond to this conversation. Because okay. Dara, for many years, has been something of the mystic Meg of the Wrestling Rewind. He's been uh, proclaiming for years that WWE was going to be sold, and it was sold. And now, one of his dreams... Possibly a nightmare, but I think one of his dreams has come true. So, Dara, I'm going to give you a free-form platform here. TNA is coming back. Give us your thoughts. Well, look, I just want to correct you slightly, right? So, you are right. I did predict WWE was being sold, and it was. I, but you left out Sting for about eight years, if not longer. I was like, Sting is coming to the WWE. And he did. So, that was the first time I was right. Then I was right about that. And now TNA... Yeah, I, look, I, I left that one out out of um, respect. respect for you because <laughs> that's his WWE run was so terrible. Fair, Okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. Um, but no, I mean, look... Try, trying to be your buddy here. <laughs> look, I'll be honest with you. The When we were talking about Impact, I would just call it TNA, right? I have since learned that not uh, not only am I al- not alone in that, but that's just kind of the way it's been for most Impact fans, TNA fans. We never stopped calling it TNA. It's always been TNA. So 
I, you know, I think they made the right decision. I think it's a, it's a really cool, invigorating decision for the company. A lot of changes that they've made are, are masterstrokes, really. But there's just something so satisfying about being able to shout TNA again and it being encouraged by the company. And it just like gives people a rallying uh, point, really, that Impact hasn't had for a long time. You know, it, it kind of struggled there for a little bit. And now it's back uh, in, in really in all its glory. Like it's everything about the the production. And we'll, we will get into this. Everything about the production, the, the actual wrestlers who are there and the fans. I've never encountered outside of Impact Wrestling, TNA Wrestling, such passionate fans who genuinely well, love the product. And well, that is what I missed. I have I have loads of notes on that. I can't wait to talk about that when we get into the shows. Um, but here's the question I have for you. Go on. Like my main exposure to TNA has been through you yes. and through this podcast. It, it, it's not that I didn't watch it. It's just that you know I grew up in rural Ireland and you just didn't have much exposure to anything beyond like WWF, Silver Coliseum, VHS tapes. So is this a big deal or is this just a change of initials? I think cynically it could be seen as the latter, right? And I, I had to go over to the UK. I, I had to see for myself if that was the case. And again, look, thank you to TNA and to Simon and the whole crew uh, for giving us tickets. Genuinely appreciate it. We're not going to hide that fact. Um, TNA have always been really good to... to to this podcast and pe- previous podcasts and stuff as well. And, you know, it, it's great to have their support. But but genuinely, I went over to see, okay, is that, wh- which is true? Which is it? You know, because I, I was curious, genuinely I was. No, it, 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 it's, it's very much a different thing. Uh, not only the production style, but the vibe of the, of the show. It was like being in a, a super indie metal concert almost with that really yes. good crowd, you know, a couple of people said it was kind of like old ECW, even when I was there, and, and that's also true. Uh, it just gives this, you know, because I, I think one of the biggest things that even we talked about ourselves, uh, yourself, myself, and, and Dave in a group chat when it was announced, um, the six-sided ring, right? Because that was obviously what a lot of people thought TNA, associate TNA with. Yeah. And I would, I do miss the six-sided ring. I get why it's not. The wrestlers don't like it. It is quite dangerous. But here's the thing. They've, replace that now with this vibe these smaller uh, smaller venues with a red hot crowd it looks completely different it you know it, the setup where you have like the limited titan tron but like production in the right places while emphasizing that the main product here really is the wrestling and that's what they needed they needed a heart they needed to come back to what they were and finally you know, I, I, look, we've been saying this for a while. You can go back and listen to shows where we have said, look, Impact Wrestling is, is the, the best solid hour, hour and a bit of wrestling you can watch every week. And, you know, it's been like that, but they needed that if factor. And it's, it, you know, it, it's in one hand, it's surprising, but on the other hand, it, it's really not that to just go back to being what they were in this in 2023. It, it's a masterstroke. It really is. I, I think it's like... Um... It's kind of the same thing I've said about AEW, is that people don't need another WWE. They need an alternative. Yeah. And the way you do that is by doing your own thing. Like, yeah. give 
give offer something different. And to be honest, TNA doesn't need the six-sided ring to offer something different because I've been watching lots of TNA the past couple of months. And like I'll flat out admit, I'm not a TNA expert. I only really get into it through doing this podcast with Dara. But like you can even see when wrestlers are doing the matches that the six-sided ring it definitely stands out, but it's awkward. You, like you can't throw someone directly into the ropes. You have to do it at a kind of an angle because there's no, there's no sort of flat side. Yeah. Of the you know, so I can see why wrestlers wouldn't like it, and obviously the octagon makes you know the ring stiffer and all that. Um, but what I got from this show was like even without like the gimmick of a six-sided ring, this was different. This yeah. was something really different. Like, completely different. I mean, like, like in, in this year, I've been to WWE. I went to a WWE house show. We are, we're obviously at All In, which is the you know, biggest wrestling event of all time. And Woo. then I went to, to Impact. You know, and believe it or not, and, you know, people might say, oh, my favorite wrestling show I've been at in years was this. And... It's like don't get me wrong. All in was great. It was it was a good show. Uh, WWE house shows. The are what they are. You really know what you're getting with WWE house show. I've never experienced a show like this. Or let me correct myself. I haven't experienced a show like this since the days of TNA when Kurt Angle was gone against AJ Styles in Dublin for an hour. You know, they've they've remembered who they are, and I think that's the big takeaway. T- TNA. Impact Wrestling, they now remember why people love that product, why they support it, why they want it to succeed. Every single person in that arena were not only casual, there were no casual fans, there were none. They were red hot TNA fans, died in the wool. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I have. And I got to talk to loads of them, it was great. So shout out to anybody who's listened to this podcast because of it, because it was great to actually talk to legitimate TNA fans. It was phenomenal because you, you don't really get that or you haven't got that in a long time because obviously there was the WWE and the AEW tribalism and I'm just sitting there like, I don't care. I like Impact. And just to be able to talk to other people who are in the, that same boat, it was very cool. Well, there's, there's two things I want to say there. So firstly, in terms of the uh, the crowd from these shows, right, yes, it, it wasn't as big as other shows. So you didn't get that kind of like that kind of rumbling pop, that, that, you know, that you feel it. But my God, when I was watching this show, I, I was looking at that crowd going, they are having the time of their lives. Like, I've, I've never you're heard. Not get, you're not getting a huge roar, but you're looking at every single person in that crowd is absolutely having the uber crack. Look, I have never been in a crowd that we're so engaged with everything, everything. Like, I mean, we, we will get into it. I mean, like even from stuff that wouldn't really, like you talked a little bit beforehand that there were a couple of things in the show that, you know, uh, AEW fans would get crucified for or whatever. And that's probably fair. But the way this was all done, where the crowd is the show, I, I like the fact that there were very few seats. There were like, maybe 20 seats or something. Uh, so it had to be like a gig where everybody was standing watching. And that, that actually was a very good idea. Like, yeah, again, like, I mean, I've seen impact in arenas 
I've seen Impact in, in, in smaller arenas and I've seen them in venues like this. This is it. This is how you do it. Now, look, obviously we want them to make as much money as possible. We want them to, to grow, but well, this, this is, is it's something, sorry, just this is something that you can't get anywhere else. And I think that's what you were saying where it, it is like a unique selling point where you're actually not part of the show because that's kind of silly, but you're involved to the, the extent where it's like, I mean, whoa. Whenever right Grado there. comes out, you're, oh, definitely, man. you're yeah, definitely absolutely. part of the show. Absolutely. <laughs> but like, it was just, from from the minute the the first bell rang, actually, you know what it is. They re they figured out how to bring the impact zone on the road. That's what it is. That's what it is. Well, that's what they've done. Well, that's a huge thing. Like that's what they've managed to so do. So, one of the things about this tour that they did that really made me think. And again, I'm I'm not the impact guy. One of the things about this tour that really made me think impact is back is that. They're out on the road. Yeah. They're not they're not doing the tapings in the one place. Like they're getting out and about. They're not like not even touring the US or Canada or whatever. They're going to different countries and that is like this seems like a company that's on the up and up. That's you know, got a bit of resurgence. And even if it is just a name change, it doesn't feel like that because it feels like I don't know, you know, sorry to use the the old WWE parlance of eras, but it feels like a new era. Yeah, no, and the thing about it is, it's like, I think when Impact Wrestling became Impact Wrestling, it lost something. And we can go into it, we can we can talk about it, you know, it, but it definitely did lose something. And I, I, Even when it was at its darkest point, it wasn't exactly, you know, it wasn't TNA, you know, and I think that's what everybody wanted. And, you know, as it got further on, there was still that nostalgia for it. And even when it got better, people were like, okay, Impact Wrestling is is, is going somewhere. But I think it, it's a very interesting statement to go, we now remember why you're here. We now remember why you stuck with us. And that's actually something that Scott Demore came out and said. Uh, I don't think it was on the, it wasn't on the TV show, but he did come out and, and say it, um, which is great. Well, Will Ospreay you know, said pretty much the same thing. Same thing, yeah. And, it, yeah. you know, it was, but it's not only like they're saying it on the show. You know, they're, they're genuinely like, no, we know what we're doing here. And that was something that it was refreshing to hear, you know, because it's like it's not scripted. It's literally like, no, no this is what we're doing. And I've never like, seen a wrestling company do that before, ever. From from an outsider's point of view or like from the point of view of someone who's like broadly new to TNA, it, it's mad that even I got the vibe like so. I haven't been through the history that you have. I haven't gotten the PTNA SD that you <laughs> that you have. And even I get the vibe watching this is that this is a company that's on the on the rebound, that's gotten its second win, that's that's coming back. I think the other thing I got from it while I was watching it, it was like you talked earlier about the tribalism within wrestling. God. Oh, I'm so sick of that. Um, But man, watching this really made me realise just how important it is to have alternatives. Because even I, like when AEW came along, I was like, okay, this is everything I've ever wanted. This is the alternative. And even I had broken wrestling down into... WWE, AEW, and New Japan, and that's it. 
you yeah. know. And even I'd forgotten about the hundreds of other. And God's sake, I used to work for uh, an Irish independent company. But there is only so many hours in the day, and there is only so much bandwidth that people have, you know. And I think there was, is, there is. But, but it, it's how you use that bandwidth. And for anyone out there who feels kind of burned out by wrestling, or who feels that it's all, you know, it's all the same or whatever. I mean, th- this is worth a watch. You know. Well, look, as I said, I lost my voice because from the moment, the moment the show started to the moment he, the show and, finished. And I, should, I should just say that he he's in a metal band. Yeah. And he lost his voice at a wrestling show. Every single person <laughs> was chanting TNA for two hours. Almost unbroken. So, it... I've never experienced that before where it's this passionate, passionate love for something that is back. And that's what it feels like. And I know we've gone on and on about it, but I mean, for me, I never thought this would happen. I like, it, you know, it was almost like a reflex where we talk about impact and I'd be like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So the TNA show was great. And they're like impact wrestling. I'm like, still TNA though. You know, <laughs> You're well, just like, but here's so, the question there. Like, so like, look, obviously like we're going to get into the review, but obviously, we're both quite happy with the vibe of this show. Yeah. And we're both quite Absolutely. upbeat about, you know, the future of this company. And everyone's pretty cool. Yeah, so you're telling me that on, all sorry. these people were chatting TNA. So here's what I want to know. Mm. Were they chatting total nonstop action? Were they chatting Tuesday night action? Or were they chatting boobies and bums? You missed one. Test and Albert. Ah. Oh! I was like, oh, you're going to miss my, one. And you did. My, you missed one. You hit yourself down. My smart category has been removed. Yeah, you let yourself down. You let <laughs> yeah. yourself down. <laughs> down. Let me family down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the first I TNA... I the wrestling rewind down. So the first TNA show is Hard to Kill in January. So we will be watching that one. But I have to say, Roy, uh, I was put on to... The merch, oh, by the way, the merch prices were actually like ridiculously cheap as well. If, if you're looking for like wrestling merch that is very reasonable, uh, TNA shows absolutely. Hold like, on. Are you telling me that a wrestling t shirt exists for less than 40 quid? Yeah, try 15. <laughs> try 15. But I was put on to uh, Impact Euro Store, you can get a random t shirt for two pounds. All DVDs are 15, right? And you also get like signed promotional photos and goodie bags with everything. And he, so, here, I'll, I'll tell you this. I mean, uh, I, I is... didn't know this. I'm sorry. I didn't know this was a thing until I was talking to the other, like, uh, either TNA fans or other journalists that were there. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, well, what? I'll, oh. I'll tell you this. And I'm, I'm not one of those preppers or anything like that. I don't have like a dungeon or a tomb under the house or anything but people invest in dvds because see all this subscription and cloud stuff that's going to collapse and you're going to lose all your bloody wrestling and in the land of the blind the one the one-eyed man is king and i'm going to be king because i still have my 2000 royal rumble dvd (laughs) (laughs) well look all i'm saying is new tna merch is is very cool um, I actually I have my old TNA shirts, which I'm I'm glad I get to wear again. But I will be. I did buy an, an Impact shirt just you know to have. 
Um, but yeah, the the new Impact Wrestling shirts are actually badass. So our TNA shirts are actually badass. So I would uh, genuinely recommend if you are a fan of of TNA or Impact Wrestling, it the deals there are very good. And I'm not saying that because we're you know whatever. I'd, like genuinely, this was news to me, so I had to pass that on because like I mean, when I showed up and I was looking at the shirts, and yeah, compared to WWE where the shirts are 45. Uh, Blink One Eighty Two, where the shorts were uh, the the shorts are fifty, uh, all in where the shirts were also thirty five. I was just like, wow, okay, fifteen pounds for a shirt, and I can get a point. Amazing. So, like, wh- what is it about like alternative outside, like not not even just in wrestling, like the the Blink One Eighty Two thing that's annoyed me. Like the whole thing is that they're like perpetual teenage. Punks on the charge of fifty quid for a t-shirt. Yeah, it's like uh, who is it? Uh, Bruce Springsteen's coming to Belfast next year. You know where all his working man, working class songs. He's charging a hundred and seventy pound for a ticket. Here's the thing. Sort it out, boss. Look, as I said, we know TNA. TNA have not. I've always kind of been fans focused first which is something that, again, a lot of people probably don't know, but any interaction that I've had, you know, with the wrestlers, with the company, have always been fan first. Even even when they, they made a couple of missteps, it was still because they thought they were doing the right thing. This time, you know, it, it, it's true of the whole company, like even with the merch stand, like you can buy the merch, it's all there. Apparently at the, the US shows, it's even better. So I'm kind of envious of everyone at Bound for Glory because one, they got to see Bound for Glory, but two, the merch apparently was great. So look, that's all I'm going to say well, on that. I, it was no, a revelation well, for me. It was a revelation. One of the one of the issues, like so, AEW has been having attendance issues lately, and apparently one of the issues is that they got super hot, like last year, the year before. Yeah. And they went round all these arenas and like sold them out, and like it was amazing. And then they come back this year, and they just racked like jacked up the prices like mad jacked up the prices and that's been like a major contributor to why like they've been having trouble getting people in arenas because people were like oh i got these awesome seats last year for 40 dollars and they're the same seats are 120 dollars like you, you, you have to, yeah you have to kind of stick with your base and you know I, I we can kind of draw some comparisons maybe to lessons that wrestling companies can learn from from impact or from TNA with this whole move, like it, it and it is very much a, a, I don't want to call it like a, a game changer, but it, it it does kind of put them very much back on the board where they do exist in in, in the wrestling, um, in, in the wrestling mainstream. But well, like well, they're back in the conversation, you know, exactly, like if, exactly. If nothing else, like uh, I don't like to use uh, these groups as a a sort of a litmus test or anything, but like. Uh, the likes of What Culture and Cultaholic, they're back reviewing like Impact shows. I know there were shows that were in England and in Scotland and that, but they're back reviewing them. Like it's yeah, it, it and look, it's it's something that again, I I kind of didn't think this would happen. I I, I didn't really know what would happen. I knew Impact was 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 getting better every time I watched it. The shows were always enjoyable. The pay per views were always great. But this seems to be what they needed. So. You know, based on that Great Bound for Glory show, they rolled into these shows, right? So I didn't obviously go to all of them, 
we are going to talk about the Glasgow show now and then we'll go into yes. turning point. Yes. Um, but that's kind of the, the vibe that everybody was having. They were still on a high from, from Bound for Glory. They were still on a high from, from TNA. And, and now it's just like, you know, that's what we went into. So that's kind of why we talked about it because it is just one of those shows where was red hot from bell to bell and speaking of which man the show started off with um joe henry right now i didn't ah, i didn't, ah. i what happened to me right the same thing happened when la and i when i went when i went to the house show i wasn't a fan of la and i when i went in as i was leaving huge la and i fan right the exact same thing happened with joe henrik where i was like it's the music and the character well, it, it's well, here's the thing for me so infectious Here's the thing for me, like, I, so I get that the LNA character is, like, catchy, you know, yeah, like, everybody, everybody just loves doing that. Yeah, but they do. <laughs> I, I don't know, it just, um, for me, it feels like Seth Rollins' music, like, it was designed by a committee to be catchy, and it doesn't feel genuine, it doesn't feel, re- so I kind of resent it. No, apparently, but, apparently. My he, God. Apparently he was doing it when he was even in Impact. It was just the thing oh, he always like, did. Like I say, I, I don't have the Impact background you have, so, so I don't know. Yeah. I'm just saying that that's, maybe I'm just cynical about. A little bit. No, apparently he was doing it for years. Yeah, and it just caught on recently. But my God. Well, maybe, maybe I'm just yeah. cynical about anything that happens in WWE. I just, <laughs> okay. you know, like I automatically, uh, you just you set that up. But, um, that feeling I absolutely did not get, right? Whenever Joe Hendrix's music started and he turned around and smiled down the camera like he was on an infomercial. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> I was like, I believe in Joe. Oh my God. I was like, I'm in. I'm in. It's been three seconds and I am in. <laughs> no, that's it. And immediately I'm like, I'm this guy's literally biggest fan. Like <laughs> immediately. And I'm in a room surrounded by Scotsmen. And I'm just losing my mind for for this guy <laughs> who I I was indifferent because I mean like I love Frankie Kazarian and I was like move oh, over Frankie I, you know, but like Kazarian is obviously amazing like he's class you know it always has been but it's like whoa they've like made this megastar just you know with such simple things like it's such an easy character very easy to mess up but the crowd are just into it they're clapping the whole time and then they get in the ring and you have an absolute barn burner. You know, the match was phenomenal. Like, genuinely. So, oh, yeah. I mean, like, Joe Hendry and Frankie Kazarian. It was it was never going to be a bad match. Like, And you know what's wild, though? This was... This was both... Both lads had another match beforehand. So this wasn't even their first match. Well, that that's... So here's... So, here's where we kind of need you to come in. Because you're our man on the ground. This episode of Impact viewed from TV was uh, four matches, I think. But it was basically taking the best from, like, two or three shows that they did in Scotland. No, the, no, the, they, they... The bell time was, like, six, I think. Uh, sorry, bell time was seven, and doors opened at half, half five. So basically, the show went on for, like, nearly three and a half hours, and they had taped a couple of other things that were there. Mainly what was cut out of here was the rest of the Glasgow Cup. So the finals were, were what was shown on television, which, I mean, I, I did kind of uh, suspect that. But 
mainly what you yeah. got was like what was recorded, you know. They, and they, would, it, would it be fair to say that the Glasgow Cup is now more prestigious than the WWE World Title? <laughs> well, Joe Hendrick has that, and he doesn't have the WWE title, so I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you melted the WWE World Title, it's mainly steel and leather. So if you melted that, you could pour it into the Glasgow Cup. But if you melted the Glasgow Cup, you couldn't fit it into the world title. No, you could not. But anyway, so Scott Demore came out and announced... <laughs> breeze on by that. Breeze on by that. I do not have this one. So Scott Demore came out and awarded Joe Hendrick the Glasgow Cup. Uh, the match itself was very good. Uh, I think at the time... Again, I really wanted Kazarian to win, but because I had, I, I had been won over so much by Joe Henry because he was the first guy out, and he, he worked a lot that night. Like I mean, I think backstage or you know with the organizing, he was a lot more involved in this than I think people know. So credit to him, uh, like genuinely to get this well, all kind of sorted out. So and you well, could tell could, that he was you know yeah, involved. Well, even I could when he came out. No, I actually really enjoyed this match. Like excellent. Joe Hendry's brilliant. Frankie Kazarian's brilliant. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, this was a, b- a very good match. Um, but even I could tell that, come on, Joe Hendry's from Scotland. This is for the Glasgow Cup. It's a, it's, <laughs> it's a home crowd. Like, there's only one way this is going. You know? Well, see, you're conditioned by WWE normally to be like, well, he's not winning because they don't put over people in the, whole, the hometown. But, but I've been deconditioned by AEW. Who that's actually, true. Do put people over in their home. To, maybe I was just mad. I was just like a robot going. It does not. <laughs> but here's the thing: having him, like Frankie Kazarian, wasn't booed. Like he wasn't a heel. Everybody loves Frankie Kazarian because it's Frankie yeah, Kazarian. Here's, here's the you thing. Know? Here's one thing WWE need to learn: people can lose. You put two people in a competition. One of them's going to win. One of them's going to lose. The loser doesn't automatically fall off the face of the earth or cease to be like an exceptional talent. It's yeah. just one person has to win and one person has to lose. Like that's uh, like one thing that I've always loved about AEW is that they've been kind of fearless, mostly when it comes to like definitive wins and losses. It's something New New Japan does it even better. New Japan will just bang do like real definitive wins and losses but losing doesn't mean like i i I don't know about soccer but like manchester united doesn't lose a match and then suddenly everybody goes oh my god manchester united is dead like they're never coming it's like no (laughs) they're they're, they're buried (laughs) oh they're buried they buried manchester united on on ITV, I don't even know. What I don't know anything about football. This is as but, far as we can go, folks. We know nothing about football. <laughs> Apologize to all our soccer fans. We have no idea what we're talking about. But, but the point we, is... We, that, only, we only know about martial arts and fake sports. That's it. That's about it. <laughs> that's but, where but, it ends. Yeah, well, well, there you go, actually. That's, that's probably a, a better example. Say you have the top two uh, jiu-jitsu experts in the world and they fight each other. One of them wins and one of them loses. Nobody goes to the loser. All right. Well, you're now crap. You're no <laughs> longer back. the second best in the world. Yeah. You've been buried. Like, people can lose and it's perfectly fine. 
and the thing about it is that's kind of the vibe throughout the whole night like you know the, i think the, the the right people went over with the exception of one i'll get to that um but so you asked you know the man on the ground kind of thing so when the in-ring segments were all shot but the backstage weren't i don't know where they're they were probably done you know obviously backstage or or at a later time but we didn't see any this, of those this is why you we pay you to be our man on the ground to tell go. us that the backstage segments were shot backstage. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where they were because we didn't see them. Because usually when you go to a WWE taping, right, they will show you the segments backstage. Or when you go to AEW, they'll show you the segments backstage. Uh, and even Impact used to show the segments backstage. So in the Impact Zone, you'd, you'd see everything that was going on. So this was a little bit different. So when I was watching the show, I was like, okay, that makes sense. They're going to have to pad around it or fill it because they were kind of building towards turning point the turning point was literally the next day so you know but the next match well ha- just ju- just before we move on to the next sure. match sure uh, and i'll be very brief because we were talking about the production and different things there's one thing i wanted to say i really do you know i don't even know if i liked it but i really appreciated the difference in production in terms of the cameras that were ringside yes they gave a really kind of uh it was almost a kind of guerrilla journalism almost like a kind of a war journalism that they were following the action as best they could but it wasn't it now and i say this it wasn't the wwe shaky cam stuff where no because you know what it was it was literally it, it was literally two lads with one of the cameras that we would shoot our live show with. But that's, that's what it was. came across. Is it yeah. came across as really good, experienced cameramen trying to keep up with the action, like trying to keep up with like insane action. And like I don't, I, I don't know how I'd feel about that if I'm watching it every week. Or and I, maybe I only have like you, you have the old uh, PTNASD. I have the WWE camera. SD, like one of the one of the main things that put me off, like that drove me away from WB was the just the ridiculous camera angles they were using. I this definitely wasn't that. Like this felt more like almost like guerrilla journalism, like war journalism. Like they were they were just there were these two guys who happened to be there and they were trying to keep up with the action. And I know I think it was pretty cool. Like I don't know how I'd feel about it every week, but for the shows I watched, and like bear in mind, I sat down and I watched uh, Impact and then Turning Point. So I sat and watched a good five hours of this, and I really enjoyed it. I like, I think it was, it was like we were saying earlier about uh, style of wrestling and the fan interaction and all that. It sets TNA apart, and that's what it needed. And I, I, I really appreciate not only the live vibe of it because obviously it's very different, but it's the closest approximation really of what wrestling is like live versus on tv impact now have this because of the combination of as i love that gorilla gorilla wrestling or gorilla journalism type uh description because that's exactly what it felt like where you're able to capture what it feels like to be there on tv and they're the only ones who actually were able to do that i mean like one of the yeah. things that really bugged me about all in was it felt too like WWE because WWE has sterilized themselves yeah. away from that. Um, but Definitely. by leaning, by, by I, lean- I completely agree with you. Do you know what it actually reminded me of? 
Um, I have a, a Best of Cactus Jack uh, yes. DVD. And yes, it has yes. this really early stuff. And he used to do this thing where, do you know the back, like pre-WWF, he used to do this thing where he'd um, run off the ring and jump outside and drop an elbow. Yeah. And uh, whenever he'd hit the elbow, the cameraman would do it from a real low angle. And whenever he hit the elbow, the cameraman would shake. Yeah. I didn't feel gimmicky. It felt re- like it felt like the cameraman was watching the action and this huge guy hit the ground and Everton shook, which is silly, but like, that's not. No, but think about like. it. The, like, the cameraman is supposed like I think th- there is the there is two schools of thought here. There's loads like filming the action, or you know as it is, and you're not doing anything else. And then there's being creative. It's kind of like when you watch movies or any of that when you have someone actually with a vision. And this is what I was saying earlier on. TNA Impact has a vision for what it wants to be, and this is it. The the you know super indie is it, it, I don't think that's fair, but more like this grungy you know no frills approach that's probably a better way where it's like it's this proper grungy modern ecw kind of thing and that's putting it too simplistic but it is what it is no like look i keep laboring on the fact that i am an outsider i don't have the impact background you do and like look i don't know how to feel about watching this style every week and again that's that's not because it's bad that's like you say maybe just because i've been conditioned by wwe to sort of dread the shaky cam like because of wwe i can't even watch cloverfield anymore Uh, (laughs) but but, uh but man i sat here and i for five hours and i watched impact and yeah i think i i i enjoyed it but more more than anything i appreciated that it was different like if if i was sitting flicking through the telly you wouldn't mistake that for WWE. You'd be like, this is a wrestling company with its own style. And that is, to me, that's the main thing. And it was backed up by the in-rings, the in-ring product. I mean, I think they picked the best match. I think they they picked the the best matches of the night, really. And all of them were quite good. There's only like two that were, that were cut. And I don't think they were cut because they were bad. I just think, you know, they didn't really tell the same story. Like the next match, was a, a very interesting intergender tag team match, which I haven't actually seen in a while. Um, and, and the pairings were quite interesting. Moose, it's funny, right? Because Moose represents everything that that style of wrestling should hate. Super over. <laughs> like, crazy over. Like, when Moose walks out, he's is a superstar. But he's basically Goldberg, you know? Wrestles like Goldberg, looks like Goldberg, well, behaves well, like Goldberg. Well, one thing but, you can you say know. about uh, TNA... Um, over the course of this show, like not even talking about uh, Turning Point, just over the course of this episode of Impact, there was five or ten people who came out who were massively just huge oh, over. Absolutely, like crazy over. Moose was one, and I can see why Moose is amazing. Like, oh, yes. Even I'm not like even I know Moose, and he's incredible. But this is what I'm saying. It's like it, it's such a unique vibe that like. Yeah, you'd you what you'd expect from this kind of stuff. Then Moose walks out and flips the script completely, you know. Uh, so look, subculture were quite cool. It's my first time actually getting to see them live. Um, obviously, they have a, a long way to go. 
they are. I think they're they are like English, aren't they? They're like English locals. So yes. I, I think they're, they're 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 going to like build them up as they're going through. So I think yeah. were the okay. So maybe I'm wrong here because I don't particularly watch, like I say, a lot of WWE. The two fellas were they previously in NXT? Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, right. They were grand. Your woman, Danny Luna. Danny Luna. Yeah. Huge, just massive potential there. You she, actually you took the word you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, I was going she's the star. Yeah. yeah, she has a match on. I was so glad when I put on Turning Point to see that she has a singles match because so I was watching her this going. Of all the ones in there, and I mean obviously the likes of Moose and that are stars, they're great. But of all the ones in there, Danny Luna is the one to watch out for, and she has a singles match on. Turning point, and we'll get to that. But uh, she totally justifies my interest in her. I get massive, massive Chris Statlander vibes off her. Well, here's the thing, man. This is not surprise. Like one of the things that happened, and I think I, I think I said it to the the people who are I was with. I was like, I shouldn't be shocked that one of the best things about this show is the women, because that is another thing they've gone back to. They're like, oh, what do people love about TNA? The women's division is always red hot. The the X division is you know a much, well they did for and, years you know for so. years when WWE had women like models in bikinis slapping each other <laughs> TNA had the knockouts division and yeah. they were actually sorry I don't mean to laugh but that's like exactly what was happening yeah yeah but they had they they didn't have divas they had women and they didn't have like I don't know like uh, brand panties matches yeah they had wrestling and they were like you know, they really, you know, but thank God Stephanie McMahon came along and, <laughs> and invented women's wrestling. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I, I, just speaking about this, uh, you know, obviously uh, Subculture didn't win, uh, but they, they put on a hell of a performance. And this, I don't want to say it was a star making performance for Danny Luna, but when I was walking away from this, I'm like, I want to, I had the exact same thing with Turner Point. I'm like, I want to see her wrestle more. Yeah. And, you know, we got to see that the next night. Uh, I really like Diana Perrazzo's gimmick. I thought it was wonderful, where she's pretty much uh, Charlotte Flair, but like yeah. with complete awareness. <laughs> yeah, like, this is yes. amazing. It's so, it's so subtle. It's so it's, subtle, yeah. But it's like that's what she's doing. Yeah. Immediately, yeah. Uh, this is one of the great things about in. I'm not calling TNA or Impact indie wrestling. But this is one of the great things about about indie wrestling that it gives you the freedom to do these gimmicks that are a wee bit more uh, experimental, but also a wee bit more subtle. You know, like uh, I just like there was a lot on this show that was not the wrestling that I really enjoyed. Yeah, and but that's what I'm saying. It's I know what you're saying. Like it's not just it's. It's it's the freedom, you know. It's creativity. Yeah. I think is what you're hitting on. Like, where it's if like, her, if that was her gimmick in WWE, you'd be beat over the head with it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, well, it's, you'd, so, but that, you'd have the announcer saying that this is, and then you'd have video packages, and then you'd have her in the middle of her matches, loudly monologuing, going, "I'm the new Charlotte." But no, with this, it was just it was all shown in the ring, and it was. I I really appreciated it. It was wonderful. Um, speaking of which, I then went to the bathroom 
And as I went to the bathroom, I hear like a prayer. <laughs> and I know what's happening. And I run back <laughs> because it's Grado. And, you know, Grado's been on, he was on the, the international desk, so he hasn't been on the rewind. Hopefully, we'll be able to get him on in the future. Are you telling us that Grado owes you a new pair of jeans? Well, no. Luckily, I finished. I I, I finished using the bathroom beforehand, but I, I, I did have to run back. Dara, I don't believe you. <laughs> but I have to say, I I did not want to miss Grado coming out because. When you see him come out, particularly in a UK crowd, it's an experience. Now, I missed it all in because I was passed out in a taxi because uh, <laughs> I didn't sleep the night before. I was still recovering from a flight back from Orlando. I didn't Orlando. sleep the night before either, but I still made it. I didn't. I, I, I was devastated. <laughs> but apparently they didn't use like a prayer. No. So that's a huge missed opportunity because... I don't want to say it's entirely his gimmick because it's not, but well, it hooks the crowd unlike anything else. And it is the Grado experience. Without that, you don't get the full impact, pun intended. Well, I mean, I assume there are licensing issues. If, like, maybe did TNA just go ahead and use the song? <laughs> like, without. I don't know. Without I mean, texting Madonna. I don't know. Look, all I'm saying is, I assume, when, like, I assume if AEW, who paid a trillion pounds for a uh, final countdown for Brian Danielson once, you know, I assume they would have given fifty quid for like prayer. But I, like, if if they didn't, I assume there was a reason. All I know is when he came out, the place became unglued. Was it was it definitely like a prayer, or was it like a WCW version where they changed two notes? So it, it, was, it didn't matter what it was because the minute <laughs> like the song started, prayer. No, no, the minute the song started, the crowd just sung it. So they could have played anything, and that's I think that's what's kind of missed from from that understanding of AEW, where it's like it doesn't need to be exactly it because the crowd is going to take it and run with it. Well, and here's here's yeah. what I want to know because. Before I give my take, I want to hear your take because I'll be honest with you, I was very conflicted <laughs> over this Grado match. So I, I, I want to hear your take before I give my take. Right, go on. No, I, I said I want to hear your take before I oh, give sorry. my take. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry. Look, a Grado match. Is a great old match, right? It's brilliant when it gets... Uh, like the entrance is obviously great. Afterward, it's a whole big party thing. Yeah. He He's a great performer. He's a great wrestler in character. When he gets in the ring, you know what it's kind of going to be. It's going to be a series of moves. It's going to be... he. I don't want to say this. I don't want to say this in a bad way, but he's the most WWE wrestler in moveset, in performance, right? So... I never expect an in-ring classic from Grado, right? That's not why everyone watches Grado. No, they like no, they like him because he's genuinely entertaining. He's hilarious. He's he's a a white meat baby face in, you know. <laughs> again, I don't I hate to say it, but like he's a white meat WWE baby face from the nineties in modern time indie wrestling. That's what he is. 
So, you know, he, he, he uses his moderately limited skill set to the greatest advantage. And that's why, you know, he's made such a name for himself. It, it really is uh, very interesting. But then again, he then breaks out, you know, he was in there with somebody doing moonsaults, right? <laughs> and he breaks out a, a Death Valley driver, which is like, oh, my God, that's unbelievable. So, like, his match is like punch, kick, punch, kick, random spot. But throwing him in there with someone with uh, someone with the more uh, technical skills or high flying like uh, Trey Miguel, that really worked because he was able to work a decent grade on match and then throw in a really interesting finish. And I think the last couple of seconds of this match was really really cool. So. Yeah. So not the best think... match of all time. No, no, no. not going to say that. Not no, even close. But, no, but for a grade match, it was. To... You don't even have to say that because not every match has to be the best match of all time. Like, like I, de- I wasn't negative about this match. Like, here, here's the feeling I got when I watched this match. Sitting on my couch, got this match up on my telly, and I'm watching it, and I'm looking at it going, I bet you that is great fun live. Yes, yeah. that's, bet true. You, that's true. I bet you if you're there in the crowd... That's deadly. Like, if I was there with, you know, a couple of hundred other TNA heads, just be roaring Grado and you'd be giving our welly. But on on TV, it it uh, you can see it, but you don't feel it. So I was, like, I could kind of appreciate how this match was for the live crowd. But uh, watching it... It's, you know, I I started to get kind of bored, and that's what I'm saying to you. It's he is a WWE performer, yeah, and he he bet, like the match is a WWE match. But here, you know? I actually I so. actually had the complete opposite note. I was like, Grado's brilliant. He will have a long, like illustrious, financially healthy career as an indie wrestler. Yeah, yeah. like he can Absolutely, go yeah. through every indie and. Whatever town he goes to, they'll go mad for him. But unlike, say, Orange Cassidy, who took his indie gimmick and made it work on a international stage, I don't think the I don't think the Grado gimmick translates to a big stage. I think it needs the local vibe, the indie vibe, the we're all in on the joke. Exactly. Kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Know? And that's what that's what I was kind of saying. That's you actually yeah. put it better than I, than I could. Well, let's not say it was bad. Like, like I said, no, it, it, it's it's a funny contrast actually because yeah. you know we talked about uh, in the last match something we really like was Dano Pizarro, uh, Dano Pizarro playing up the 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 subtle I'm a WWE diva, right? I'm a Charlotte Flair kind of yeah. character, and that works because her ring work and everything about the way she presents herself is there. Grado's character is he's a WWE character from 1999, right? <laughs> Who just so happens to be a local independent wrestler. And that's how I see him. I see him as a WWE guy from the 90s playing an indie wrestler and everyone's in on the joke. And that's kind of the appeal of Grado. Yeah, yeah, and, but also, also, we're Irish, right? This is something that appeals to a UK audience, I want to say. 
Irish people yeah. can appreciate it because of how much UK culture we get. But at the same time, you are right. I think in Ireland, a couple of points in, you'd be, ah, oh, this is grand. You know, but it really gets over in the UK because it, it's very it's very rooted in UK sensibility. Do you know, I think if I'd managed to stick with it, I think I could have been the Irish grado. I think you could have. I think you could have, but it would have to be different. It, it, it works because Grado right. appeals to a very English sensibility and sense of humor. It it it's not an Irish thing, you know. Which right. and I mean that's probably why you know, as you said, it wouldn't work internationally or on television because you have to kind of be there. You have to be in on the joke. I think that's a really good way of putting it, man. What would I? What would I have to do differently if I was if I was Grade Crackle? So hold on, if you were in, what? Well, just say you were doing this in OVW, uh, not OVW in. Uh, What's that thing called? OTT. OTT, yeah, there we go. Yeah. If you're doing OTT. Um, well, the first thing I do is team up with uh, Session Mob. No, 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 no. Have you seen the ads for Hunky Dories, where your man is in the, and he, and he screams at them and they pop? Bang. That's what you do. So. That's, that's the gimmick. That's the gimmick. OTT. No, generally, that's the gimmick. Because that's the most Irish Dublin I'm sense all, of humor ever. I'm already ordering the gear. <laughs> on Amazon, and this is our promise to you, to all the listeners in TNA, to all our listeners on Phoenix FM in Dublin, to the thousand people who randomly listen to us in Ohio. I don't know why you do, but we love you. We do. Uh, I will be OTT champion by April. <laughs> Guaranteed. With if that you gimmick, man, yeah, maybe. You all I your mean... subscription money back. I mean, maybe, yeah. But listen, speaking of which, right? Um, one of my favorite, one of my favorite women wrestlers showed up, right? And I don't, I'm not doing being this in in a in a bad way, right? I was kind of surprised by this because, as I said, the first time I saw her was on, was on um, Bound for Glory, you know, because I, I I was kind of like actually paying attention to who was wrestling, right? And she comes out, and I'm like, she looks very familiar. It's Naomi. I love Naomi. <laughs> Do you know, I actually, uh, I thought she was great. And th- and then I was looking at the shiny, like the sparkly shoes. This is going, it. Yeah. And I'm like, this looks very familiar. Like, that looks like your one from uh, WWE used to do that. That, that Dara loves. <laughs> and, then I, and then I Googled Trinity. And you know, when you put Trinity into Google, you get 10 Trinity million College. responses. <laughs> Just, but eventually I found out, yes. It's Naomi. It is. And I have to say, right, she is actually fantastic. Like, she's she's always been great. I've always thought she was very underutilized. She was kind of finding her feet in WWE. Um, but they've kind of let her let her breathe a little bit. And it's this match, it was a non-title match, so it wasn't for the belt. Uh Trinity would win. But my god. I had a great time watching this match because I was just like, this is who Naomi was actually always kind of supposed to be. But I, I just think she wasn't fully there. She's obviously developed a lot in the ring. You know, I can't believe it took me so long to realize who it was <laughs> because I was like, she's so familiar. And then the da- the dancing should have like let it in. But I think it was like a mixture of the dancing and the shiny shoes. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's well, Naomi. Well, well, here's the thing I really liked about this match is once I clocked it was uh, Naomi Trinity, who she is now, 
uh, well, once I clocked who she was, I was like, oh, oh, that's awesome. Oh, it's, I'm so delighted. Because the last I heard from her, she she make like a random appearance in a, appearance on a Royal Rumble or something. I don't really remember. But uh, I said, oh, my God, she's because she made a kind of a sort of principal stance with um, Mercedes Monet, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, the, she did. The, but walked out. Um, obviously, the walked out was the women's tag team champions as well. As the champions, yeah. And obviously, Mercedes Monet had been doing big in New Japan and all that. And I was like, oh my God, it's so good to see Trinity again. And I was looking at this match going, man, she is a star. Like, she is totally, like, my big concern was she is going to outshine um, Emerson Jane. And here was the big surprise. She didn't. No. They had, uh, that's not to say she wasn't great. That's to say Emerson Jane was great. They had a really good back and forth. Look, Naomi never looked like she was in any danger of losing. But, like, uh, this Wednesday on Dynamite, you had MJF versus Daniel Garcia. And the two of them had a brilliant match. At no stage did anyone think MJF was going to lose. But it was still a really good match. And I got the exact same vibes from this. I expected Trinity to be like a class above Emerson Jane. And she wasn't. This was a really good match. And, you know, again, it goes back to the fact that in WWE, um, Trinity probably wasn't allowed the space to kind of find what works and what doesn't. With this, it, 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 was, it wasn't a super fast-paced match. It was a well-paced match. And the crowd were into it from the beginning. Obviously, Emerson Jane, she's from she's from the UK, so she was a hometown girl. Like, but the the crowd were still, you know, supporting both of them because it was, you know, it did hook you from from bell to bell. But I agree with you, man. It, no one was overshadowed here. Um, it, it was clear Trinity was going to win because I think she was defending. She just defended the belt in yeah. Belt well, it, it was it was a non-title and, match. And it was a long time match. She had just defended the belt and she was defending it on the pay-per-view. So, but I mean, it was like, here's, here's the thing though. Like people, people sometimes say when you have a match where the outcome is obvious that it's, it's almost like inconsequential or not worth watching. That's not true. Like you can have a person come into a match who's not going to win and they can really make a name for themselves they can really make well, a statement he, here's a hold, hot on, hold on hold on, hold on. and the number one example of that i give is cody rhodes was on the hottest run of his life he was tnt champion and he was doing this open championship every week and all these indie guys were coming in and he was wrestling them and beating all of them and then one day eddie kingston I had never heard Eddie Kingston in my life. Eddie Kingston came in. He had one match with Cody Rhodes. He lost. And I was looking at him going, well, I guess I'm an Eddie Kingston fan for life now. So, like... But here's the thing, right? So, what they were trying to do is they weren't only, like, building stars. And, like, that that's, that's a really good analogy because a lot of what was happening on this show and what they were trying to do in this whole tour, because again, they are in this kind of rebuilding stage. They're not trying to bury anybody. They're trying to like go, look, people can lose, people can win. It's all good. Um, 
But what I really appreciated about this performance was they were singling, right, we have X, Y, and Z to do, um, and we're going to build them up for it. And, it, it, you know, I, I have it on good authority that it looks like um, Jordana Grace is being tipped for the Women's Championship, probably at Hard to Kill. That's what they're doing. Now, she she had a match on the show, that live that wasn't on the show. Rhino had a match where he lost, and I was devastated. Um, that obviously wasn't on Impact as well. But there were certain things they were doing and testing throughout the whole night. And once you kind of tap into what they're trying to do, it makes a lot more sense. But definitely star-making performance for both the girls. And I'm so happy Trinity's there. Because, look, who's your one that spins the hair in WWE? Uh, I know who you mean. Yeah. Not a fan of her, right? I think she's one-dimensional. And the hair thing is... Again, I do think if you want it's to be good, the biggest... It's a good gimmick, but it's... No, if you yeah. want to be the biggest heel in wrestling, shave the head, right? Be amazing. Right? Be or hilarious. do the opposite. Attach something to the ponytail. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. But... A cat and nine tails or a brayer. Just like... Oh, that'd be, yeah, that would be good. <laughs> just every time you go to wrestling, like... You go into wrestling in like New York. You go, all right. You need to take me upstate. I need to cut the length of a briar bush. <laughs> but I mean, the thing about it is, like, she's very one-dimensional, right? And this is the problem with WWE. They have very one-dimensional characters in a lot of respects. On this show, the women were more than one-dimensional. They are actually like Naomi was quite one-dimensional in WWE, but as Trinity, she's completely well-rounded. And I think the same thing would happen. Bianca Belair. Same thing would happen with Bianca Belair. She just needs to have that exposure to other women wrestler and different wrestling styles. And having um, Emerson, Emerson Jane in there, like she was perfect yeah. one to, to team up. But our main event, now, as I said, there were a couple of matches that weren't on the show. But the main event... Well, this is, this is where you come in, because I was only watching the telly, but you were our man on the ground. Yes, yes, sir. So there were, as I said earlier on, there were more matches in the Glasgow Cup. So there were two well, look, matches. You, you don't have to go through them blow by blow. But was there anything that you thought that we didn't get to see, us poor peasants on television and internet, that no. you thought uh, was worthy of maybe an international audience? Not necessarily. And the, re- like, uh, the reason, which one uh, was against... Rich Swan was there, and I think he was against um, Rhino. He was. That match, I really want. I really wanted Rhino to win because I love Rhino. Uh, I know. Kind of. I'm kind of desperate to see that. I, I want to know what 2023 Rhino is like in a match. Super over. Everybody loves him. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my god. Him. If Rhino like was in the crazy. garden. I'd be cheering him. <laughs> like, he's brilliant, you know. But the thing about it is, it's like, you know, he teased the gore, couldn't do the gore, and it was just like, oh, you know, it was sad. But um, couldn't do it because he missed, or couldn't do it. No, he missed it. Can't no, run, he missed it. Run fast enough. No, no, he missed it, you know. But it's still just like, ah, oh, Rhino's so cool, you know. And, you know, I, so I have an answer for you. You were like, who's the biggest bookly of all time? Oh. So it's not only the big boss man. Because that's obvious. Rhino is... I know he won the ECW title and I know he's won the TNA or the NWA title in TNA, but my God. Rhino is 
such a bookily. And I mean that with all the love of my heart. Oh, bookily isn't necessarily... It's not a bad thing. No, we we see it as a good thing. But I mean, he's just such a lad. You know, you're like, go Rhino. You know, win, lose, or draw. You're like, come on, Rhino. And uh, apparently in Turning Point, he he was successful. I think, so what, I think what cemented for me, absolutely cemented his Berkeley status, was when he got let go by WWE. And then he said, well, I'm keeping the same gimmick. And he just changed one letter of his name. And I was like, bang, that is a legend. That is a, <laughs> that is a man who just does not care. So one of the biggest <laughs> segments he did in TNA was when he burned the ECW title. Just threw it in a bin, he goes, oh. I'm the last champion. I'm actually the champion. I'm gonna set on fire. Legend. <laughs> It'd be like if the Undertaker left WWE, obviously it would never happen. But if he left WWE and he just decided, he just put like an an uh, what is it the Germans call an umlaut an umlaut over it, and he just called, yeah, I'm just, I'm the Undertaker. <laughs> Undertaker. I'm the Undertaker. <laughs> oh my god! I'm the legally uh, distinct Undertaker. <laughs> like, oh my god! You he just badass. He just the whole thing with a German accent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rest in peace, my Lieben. Peace, my <laughs> Oh my god. Um, okay, so the main event was uh, again like something I never thought would happen. Right? I've loved the Motor City Machine Guns since I was like. 16 years old right they are for me like tna and what's funny about it is is like i didn't think they would do it because you know shelly's the world champion and chris saban's the x division champion so they did kind of sacrifice matches for the belts which some people and look i would be one of them being like oh they should have had belts defended but you had a reunion of the motor city machine guns so people did not care they were like so here for it. And then you had um, Joss Alexander, who was phenomenal, and Eric Young. Now, Eric Young is interesting, because I, rem- I remember Eric Young when he was afraid of his pyro, and that was his gimmick, right? Back in <laughs> TNA, like, way back. So to see him become, like, genuinely, like, I, it wasn't on TV, but he gave a speech afterwards. And he is the locker room leader of TNA. And that's insane. It's crazy to think about. But, like, super over. I mean, I but, can see why he is. Oh, you can, yeah. Super over, but also just excellent in the not so much in this match. That's that's not to downplay this. This match was brilliant. No, but, but did, he no, but had did, a match on turning point. This match was phenomenal. Speci- no, this match was specifically to get to give the fans the guns. That's what this match yeah. was for. And I knew that. I loved it. I was totally here for it. I popped for every spot that they had. It was Unbelievable cradle shock, bang! Oh man! So I need to, I Look. need to ask I need to ask you a question. Five okay. stars. Okay, firstly, million like, stars. Yeah. Oh yeah. Before I ask you a question, <laughs> this match was fantastic. Uh, having my notes, MCMV Josh Alexander and Eric Young. How could it not be fantastic? Literally, that was and, uh, from the moment it was announced. It was like, no, no, they I, absolutely. Now, I'll be honest with you. I didn't think they went full tilt, but I think that was deliberate because it was a bloody, it was a weekly show in Glasgow. It wasn't yeah. like a pay-per-view or anything. So like you wouldn't be expecting anyone like so Motor City Machine Guns can do like some <laughs> stunts that you'd be like, 
Why did you do that? You legitimately could have died. Uh, so I didn't expect any of that. But an excellent, excellent match. But what really got me was they weren't on the pay-per-view. Were mm. they? So here's... The guns here. are. Were who, they? Sorry, who were you talking about? Mo, uh, Motor City no, Machine the, Guns. No, the guns weren't on the pay-per-view, no. No. So, so that's my question. Is what What is... What is the crack with the Motor City Machine Guns? And also, like, not to be a big AW head about this, but they seem, like, perfectly fitted for AW. They've no, don't. done matches. No. <laughs> oh, they completely are, man. I know, I know, got, I know, but I don't, like, I don't want that. FDR, I, don't, I know, I don't want that, though. And the Motor City Machine Guns. Those are the three best tag teams in the world. I can answer. Okay, so I, okay, my, okay. my two questions to you okay. are, why weren't they on the pay-per-view? And if they're not like TNA, why aren't they in AEW? So those are, those are my two questions. So I can answer... I'll answer the AEW question first, right? So... I think at this... The, the TNA rebranding is more than just a gimmick, as we said. I genuinely I, I think so. I I, 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 I honestly God believe that. I think I, it's it feels more. The answer I think is rooted in that. Everyone on that roster is like, we are actually going to do something here. And the guns have been there from the beginning. They have moved around a bit, but then they came back. Same with um Eric Young and so, all that stuff. So, so they're like they're we can sticking just, with TNA. Yeah, I think that because they want to kind of be like, right, I'm we're the, we're the world champion and, and the exhibition championship. We are. Why, why wouldn't you have them on your pay per view then? Because well, they did. They had uh, Saban on the pay per view, but not together. And the reason why is Shelley had a hell of a match at Bound for Glory. They have to rest the champion as well. They don't want to get him injured. You know, like the the pay per view was stacked as it was, man. And and again, the real main event of that match, like from a TNA standpoint, was yeah. the women's match. That's why they brought Gail Kim back. But then again, you had Will Osprey and Eddie Edwards. That was also the draw. They didn't need to fully stack okay. it. You know, that, that, they're, they're actually the answers. That's what they were doing. It makes sense. Remember, these, they were doing these shows. Like, I didn't even know the guns were there until I was in the airport. You know, on the day they announced them. Yeah, yeah. So I think they were trying to be like, right, let's not burn everyone else out here. But then also give things a chance to breed because they were block taping some of them they were doing papers and then also they were riding bound for glory and then when you okay. have will osprey there that you're gonna buy the show anyway because will osprey's there you know even well, though it's a stupid tattoo well before we get into that well no his tattoo is accurate but i know b- but still before we get into that uh a brilliant match and an absolutely deserved main event and also it's so good to see um tag team wrestling be a be a main event not like not multi-man stuff not like like an actual tag like so like as you know like i'm i'm big into aw and aw had the best tag team division in the world for like three years Mm. and now it's kind of gone askew which is so weird because they have two of the three best tag teams in existence. Like the three best tag teams in the world are Bucks FDR and Motor City Machine Guns. And they have Bucks and FDR. The problem is that they don't have any great opponents. 
yeah. know, to sustain, you know, like uh, campaigns or feuds or whatever. Um, but one of the things that I always thought about AEW was that, like, they're going to make tag team wrestling, like, like a thing. Like, it's going to be a serious concern, like, as serious as the world title. Um, so I, I really appreciated that the main event of this was a tag team match. But, like, I mean, it was Motor City Machine Guns. How could it not be the main event? And that's it, you know? So they they were they were building up for, uh, like, another show. There, the, women's cha- the, the Women's Championship, again, wasn't defended either. But, again, this is an episode of Impact. They had a pay-per-view after, and then uh, John, Jonathan Grishman challenged Alex Shelley for the Impact World Championship. So that is, so that is coming. And, again, they're, they're kind of, you know, not trying to burn each other out. But yeah, I agree. I think it was a it was a match I didn't expect to happen. The crowd loved it. Um and then Eric Young did a little speech afterwards. Crowd went absolutely mental. It was great. The show was over. There was no matches on after it because they don't really do that. They kind of they had enough resting at that point and the, the crowd was, was was well and truly finished. They did do but, something cool where, where you could like meet everybody afterwards if you wanted to like the, the general fans like you could pay a little bit and go and meet them upstairs which was pretty cool i've never seen that before and apparently they sell bits of the ring as well and they sign it i'm like this is genius you know giving people literally the ring is actually very clever but i think the the main thing that happened after this match like you said there was no other matches and one of the main advantages of that was that the next match was impact Turning point. Yes. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.